few numbers but they keep keep uh, trickling in so we're doing okay for a text this morning I'll read from the 12th chapter of Romans I'll read the first 18 verses reading these words in Jesus name as Romans chapter 12 1 through 18. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, that or or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affection one to another, without with brotherly love in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. 
Rejoice with them which do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not things of high, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Amen. <clears throat> Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. I guess this the 12th chapter, of course, we know follows the 11th chapter, but most of the 11th chapter speaks of speaks of the Jews returning. And I'm, I'm not an expert on when that's going to happen, but it could be happening now. And we know that when the fullness of the of the Gentiles takes place, the, then the Jews are going to return to faith. The Jews, we don't, as I've said many times, we don't single them out as being any more bad people or terrible people than any of the rest of us. But they were the, the, uh, the people that God chose to to be his special people and they were the they were the lineage that that Jesus came from as far as the natural side of of him being part man and, and he was part God and we know that that Mary came to conception through the power of the Holy Ghost. So in that way he was he was God. And he was born of woman, even as we are, so he was man. And we, we find this to be a, quite a mystery. And I guess what I, what I start out saying, and I, I get sidetracked, is, is that the Jews rejected their Savior. They, they knew through the prophets of old time and the, and the, in the time of Jesus, there were scribes and who wrote out the scriptures. We didn't have didn't have the printing press in those days, and they wrote and rewrote and rewrote the scriptures. So they they knew what was in there. They had a they had a physical understanding and knowledge. You can't you can't write and rewrite and rewrite something without having any idea what what you wrote. And so, as we see in in, uh, I took I took that text a few weeks ago. How how King Herod he gets hold of these people when he hears about this this uh, up and coming king that is being born. He's supposed to be the king of kings and the lord of lords and the king of the Jews and and these these titles he had and. And Herod goes to the scribes and says, where is this child to be born? And they knew he was to be born in Bethlehem. So there's a, there's a physical knowledge of these things, but, but not a heart knowledge. They didn't have 
They didn't have it instilled in them to believe the prophets and believe and to, to delve into the scriptures and look look into the depths of the scriptures. And and no one understand that this and, and I'm sure there were there were many Jews that, that did know, but many of them didn't know, and as a nation then when he was crucified they rejected him. When he gave his life and, and he said he was going to do this, even the disciples didn't understand what he was talking about. But as a nation the Jews rejected the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And so the eleventh chapter speaks about them then receiving and coming back into faith and believing. And I, I believe it's happening today. I, I'm no I'm not in touch with with any of that, and maybe that's that's all right too. But the the eleventh chapter concludes with Oh the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to him, to whom be glory forever. Amen. That's how that 11th verse closes. And as I say, it's, it's speaking about how it is that the, the Jews are, are the natural vine. And, and, the, and the, well, of course, Jesus is the, is the vine and, the, and we are the branches. They're the, they're the natural branches, and we have, we are branches that are being grafted in. So, it's it's like if we look at it from our from our natural standpoint, it's like we're a little we're we're on more shaky ground than the Jews would be. In actual fact, the Jews are have been through the years on the shaky ground because they because they rejected him. And, and we're not on shaky ground if we believe, but it it uh, it speaks of that how how when these people come in back into their own uh, their own vine that they have all the all the understandings and traditions that have come through the centuries with the Jews, and that Jesus fits into this. He might not fit into our, uh, the Gentiles' uh, past and understandings as well. But God can give faith to any man, any person. So this that I read, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourselves, your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Apostle Paul, oh, Beth and I were just looking into that a little bit. He went on three main mission trips. And, of course, when he speaks of his own conversion, he tells, tells in, the, I think it's about the 22nd chapter of Acts, how, how he was to be sent to the Gentiles. And we know that he did lots of traveling. And suffered much, 
There's places that tell how many times he was shipwrecked, how many times he he was beaten and and uh, almost died of thirst and starvation and all the kinds of things that he he suffered. And he says he doesn't count these things anything but joy. That he would be chosen to carry the name of Jesus throughout his his world and, and the, the civilized world of the day. This this twelfth chapter just speaks of each one of us personally and how faith comes to us and what we are to do. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We're taught in the word that our our physical being is the temple of God. And we teach our little children from the time they're in diapers that Jesus lives in your heart. We don't we don't teach them the wrong teaching, that's the right teaching. And these little little hearts and little lives believe this. And they'll they'll be singing about that around the house. We know that. Jesus lives in my heart. And here here it says we present our bodies a living sacrifice. We don't we don't sacrifice ourselves, but we are a we're a living being and we're not walking the old ways anymore. We we have we have the old nature and and we can fall into that and we can fall into different different things, lusts and desires and and wants and, and all these things, but our will has changed. Our will should be that I think it says in the sixth chapter, and I quote this What then shall we sin because we are not under the under the law but under grace God forbid? Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that that ye were the servants of sin, but have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. A change takes place. Maybe there are I'm sure there are childhood Christians here, what we call childhood Christians. They have never never walked in, in anything except the will of God. Oh yes, we, we can fall and we can make mistakes and we correct we correct those mistakes, but they've never they've never been out where where the prodigal son went, where it says he left his father's house, went into that far country. So we present ourselves to God, like like um, Isaiah speaks of after his conversion. Here I am, send me. Who are we going to send? He says, send me. Not not that I've got all the schooling and education and everything, all the credentials, but my heart has been changed. I can tell each, if nothing else. I can tell each individual I come across what my God has done for me. 
he's lifted me out of the, as old brother Carl Judy used to say, that when we're out in the world, our, it's like we have 50 pounds of mud on each foot and we're slogging along. He's lifted us from that. Gives us a lighter step. And it says that this is holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We, we're, we're not setting down any records that, that this is the way I walk now since I've come into faith or, or straightened out my life. But that's just the way it is. It's, a, it's our reasonable service. We know, we know there many times there's, there's emergencies people come across and car accidents, I think, of most of the time, and they maybe pull someone out of a burning car and they get some kind of a medal for it, and when, when they, and they get interviewed, they said, well, that's, that's just the right thing to do. That's, that's what anybody would do in the, in the same circumstance. It says, which is your reasonable service? That's, that's what it means. That's what we do. That's the life we walk now. We walk a different walk. Confusing to the world, but according to the word. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We don't, we don't have to go around dressed and, and looking like, like some strange character. And, and I'm not sure why, but we know that John the Baptist was, was not dressed in the finest clothing. And if you go back to where Elijah starts speaking, he, he was very similar. And we know that John came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And Jesus speaks that Elijah will come. And, and he also explains that, that John coming in the power and the spirit of Elijah, this is Elijah coming. He speaks the same message as Elijah. They weren't conformed to this world. It says that he wore a leather girdle around his, his waist and, and lived on locusts and wild honey. And, and, and there's that place, and I'm not good at finding things, but Jesus speaks highly of John and says, What did you go out to see, a man clothed in fine linen, fine clothing, or, or uh, dressed in purple? And he says, these people are in, the, in, in king's courts. But John the Baptist wasn't there. He preached in the wilderness. And he, he felt like, like Elijah felt in, and when, when he was preaching that you wonder if anybody's hearing. But we do know that the Bible says that multitudes came to, came to hear him preach. So, but... We can, we can still feel in the wilderness. We might feel, well, nobody, nobody's listening to me, even if there's a big crowd here. A voice crying in the wilderness. That's, that's the picture it gives you. These men weren't conformed to this world. Jesus was not conformed to this world. We walk a different walk. We don't, we don't walk so that we get our names in the paper for, for throwing the biggest party or, or whatever. 
things people do to get their name in the paper. It's not, it's not put in the paper that so-and-so told his neighbor about Jesus. These, these things aren't put in the paper. That we're, that's what we're supposed to do. Tell others what he has done for us. So we know that even in this modern day and age, there's, I've been around 70 years, some, we've seen styles change and change and change. When I was a little guy, well, the teenagers were letting their hair grow long in, the, in this big ducktail hairdo. Now you never see that. In fact, I worked with a guy in Rocky that kept combing his hair that way, and I, I, I sometimes smiled at him because he was only about 40 or 50 years behind times. He just kept combing his hair that way. But these are, the, these are all of this world, and, and I guess we can comb our hair the way we want, but, but uh, we don't want to be conformed to this world. We don't want to dress and look and act and speak the way they do out in the world. In fact, especially with our speech and, and understandings of, of ungodly things that people get and have, it's, the word tells it's a shame to even speak of these things. They shouldn't even be in our conversation. So it says, don't be conformed to this world. We don't have to look like everybody else. But be transformed. A transformation takes place in the when a when a person comes to the hearing of the word and, and it, maybe it doesn't sound as simple as I'll put it, but when we come to the hearing of the word and we're convicted that we're a sinner, and we this question arises then what what can be done about this? I'm a sinner. I I'm hopeless. We speak to someone who we know is is of living faith. Speak to someone. They can help you. When we when we feel convicted of sin and we can hear, we can we can we can feel it even in, in the laying on of hands and we can hear it with our with our ears that have have that power to hear when, when we have that understanding that we would that God would come into my I would that God would come into my life the promises are in this word that what we, he will he will come in a transformation takes place in our hearts we start walking a different direction. And somebody said at Bible study the other night that maybe it doesn't happen in, in the snap of a finger and a flash. And, and it, it can, but it doesn't all the time. But as time goes on, we find that that old road we walked, as we don't find anything there anymore. It's empty. There's nothing there. Our, our minds have been renewed. 
Be, be transformed by the renewing, renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God all of a sudden is, is working in, in a person's heart. For I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. When we do come into faith, we don't all of a sudden set ourselves on some kind of a mountaintop or pedestal. And I know there's, it's, it's natural for, for men to want other men to look up to him, up to us or whatever. So don't do that. Don't set yourself on a pedestal. Don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. We, we think of ourselves in a humble way that what a thing that God has called me. What a miracle. He called me from darkness to light. He enlightened me. He enlightened me with the power of this word. He caused my eyes to, to read the word and he causes my ears to hear the word. And it's a miracle. Because we know and we deal with these people often that they don't want anything to do with the word. Their ears are stopped. Their eyes are stopped. They can even openly mock this word and mock us who find this word to be dear to our hearts. They're, they're lifting themselves up. It says don't, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but think soberly. I think that's what I think that's what it's about. We think soberly. We think that what a miracle that God called me. What a miracle that He opened my heart that I could hear these things and receive the power that is in this Word. It's it's the power of the whole universe, the greatest power of all. That a man can believe. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. This is likening to likening the body of Christ, this, this group of believers of which we are part, to how it is with our, our physical bodies. <coughs> Excuse me. And we know that even our physical bodies have have many members. We have hands and fingers, and eyes and ears and nose and head and brain and feet and all these things. But we are of the same body, and he likens our our uh, spiritual body to being like that. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, even as the physical body has many members. And, and every member serves a different purpose. But we are, everyone, members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Some have the gift of prophecy. Some have the gift of 
my mom used to say that the Matsons, of which she was one, that they have the gift of gab. She'd say that in a kind of a joking way, but not everybody has that. It's a gift. When you can just, and Beth's dad was that way, we were talking about it the other night there. It just doesn't matter if, where he was. Just start visiting with people. And, and always have something to say. And, and of course, always interested in other people and what they're doing. And so, but this gift of prophecy is, is a gift of, not just a gift of gab, but it's a gift that we can, we can speak to others about the things of faith easily. It comes easy. It comes, comes naturally. Whether, whether that's your gift, let, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. You might think prophecy and ministering are the same thing. And I suppose they, they cross paths one with the other many times, but they are a little different. Or he that teaches on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation. Exhorteth means, exhorting means that you are able to bring things up with people that may not be exactly in mind. It doesn't mean that you you tear a strip off them or whatever term you might use, but you're able to, able to speak to someone that's, that's and, and the scripture says that if we, if we see someone in a fault, and, and of course the, the word, I think of it often how the word is, is um, open to interpretation. So someone might look at another. I might look at another person and, and see them in. <coughs> excuse me. I'm suffering from remains of a cold. They might be into something that I think is dangerous, and I'll speak to them about it. Another person might say, "Oh no, that's that's no problem." He, he interprets the, the situation differently. And the word is the word is always open to interpretation. There are faiths that don't want people to read the scriptures because of that. We, by faith, believe that everyone should read the scriptures. And the more we read, the better. You can get up in the morning and read every morning. It's good. Familiarize yourself with the scriptures. And, and I think we find that if we by faith practice this and do this you'll come up with pretty much the same understandings of the depths of the scriptures if we if we apply man's understanding only to the scriptures we're going to come up with exactly the opposite of what the word is trying to say to us that's that's our nature He that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. Each one of these things, each individual here, including myself, we can look at these things and examine ourselves. That we can be open to what, what the word is trying to say to us.
Do we give it with simplicity? Do we rule with diligence in our homes, in our families, in our church situation? Do we show mercy with cheerfulness? If someone's fallen or made mistakes, do we forgive them in a cheerful way? Or or do we get after them and come at it with that attitude of why did you why did you trip over that I would have never done that we don't do that it says we show mercy with cheerfulness let love be without dissimulation this word dissimulation I don't use so I have to, some of these things I look up and it means pretense deceit or hypocrisy don't love with with these things in mind that love be without those things abhor that which is evil you know the world doesn't do that they hang on to to evil dirty jokes bad language taking part in well, you don't have to watch the news for very long and you find what people are taking part in. All kinds of drug troubles these days and, and that leads to everything under the sun. Many times the taking of other people's lives and ruining of lives, all kinds of things. <clears throat> Abhor those things. Look at them and say, I don't want any part of that in my life. Nothing. I don't want any part of it. Cleave to that which is good. What is good? God God is good. This word is good. The teachings of this word. And, and, and those diligent people who are striving to live lives that are according to this word and, and follow after the teachings of this word. We're not doing it because this merits a salvation. It doesn't merit us anything except that this is what God asks us to strive to do. That his his word and, and his work could be could be lifted up and glorified. Be kindly affectioned one to another. Let brotherly love with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. This isn't the way of the of the dog eat dog type of a world we live in. Kindly affection one to another, and and let with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. I know for years I was in the plumbing business, and and it's it's hard to do all the time, but. Sometimes you plan your day and then the phone rings and somebody needs something done because <clears throat> I did lots of service work too. And you might you might be planning to go to a house and, and put in a day's work on, on new installation and this. And somebody calls and says, well, my heat's off. It's 40 below. And, and you say, well, what would work for you? So you put your own plans aside. You're not going to get over to that house and work for the day 
what would work for you? And he says, well, if you came at 2 o'clock, well, that, that cuts my day in two. So I, I wonder what in the world. i got to change my plan. I'm, I'm not bragging, but I change my plan sometimes half a dozen times a day for months at a time in that business. But it says that we would prefer one another. We would, we would ask them, what, what would work best for you? Put my own plans aside that day. What would work best for you? And many times people say, what, whatever works for you will work for me. And, and that's, that works both ways. Do it that way. Preferring one another. I think, it, I think that is, is just an example of that. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. All these things are just little reminders to us of how we are, are to operate day to day. And this doesn't mean we have to be the sharpest businessman in the country. That means if, if there's work to do, we're diligent and do our best to get the work done. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. There's places that say that that when we are to go do something, go, go to do it as if we were doing it for the Lord. As if we were doing it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you don't want to do a sloppy job for, for the King of Kings, do you? It's, it's, just, it's just all, it all fits together. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. We find that these things sometimes go against our grain. Patient in tribulation. Beth, Beth wrote a little line or something on a piece of paper and stuck it to the counter that I don't know exactly the words, but tribulation is, is or troubles or trials. I forget how it's worded. That, that, that can draw us closer to God. And it does. If we have the right heart and right spirit, we we don't look at tribulation and say, like I do sometimes, that well I didn't need that. But we can look at it and, uh, and from the other angle and say, well, apparently I need this. Apparently this is this is good, and God knows. He knows I'm having trouble with this. He knows all things. Somehow it'll work to good. I don't understand how it's going to work to good. Such and such a, a little thing that got thrown in our path. A wrench in the transmission, as mechanics say. We don't know why it happens. But God knows all things. It says we're supposed to be patient in these things. Work our way through it. Continuing incident in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given to hospitality. If someone is in need, and this isn't only for the saints, but I think the scriptures tell us to, to first look after the household of faith. If your neighbor across the road is having a struggle or trouble with something, yes, help him too. And we don't, we don't leave him off and, and 
drive by his his problem and go help help the Christian, but just that idea that we would want to be helpful to to others, whoever they may be, given to hospitality, open your door to company, have people over. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. That's that's sometimes a hard one. People persecute you in different ways. They They might be talking behind your back. It says, "Bless them." We don't we don't bless their bad their bad works or bad behavior, but we ask God to help them come into their lives, change their lives as as you have changed mine. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. This is what Paul said. Is his kind of his mission was to, to do all these things in, in other places he speaks of these things if someone is rejoicing we can rejoice with them if someone is down and having a problem I, I think most of us could say that well I've been through something similar I know where you're at weep with them that weep be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. We're not supposed to, in this world, we're not supposed to search out and, and seek those high things of this world. I know some, I guess I think of politics. People have that understanding that if I if I get into into this position then I can make some changes and and I guess the spirit of that and the thought of it isn't bad but I think many times people get into social circles and and understandings that are not scriptural I had to I had to talk to that Mrs. Ambrose I didn't talk to her but I talked to a man in her office and she marched in a gay parade, and I said, I, I cannot support that lady anymore. And he was patient with me and said, well, let's not you know, get too excited about it. And Anyways, I just, I just had to leave it that way. But if we get mixed up with these people and start working with them day to day, pretty soon we might find ourselves supporting the same things. Condescend of men of low estate. That doesn't mean we have to search out all these long-bearded men that come down from the creeks, as, as they say in the Yukon. But just ordinary people. Come to their level. Come to your neighbor's level. Someone who might be outside of faith or struggling with something or hasn't been able to believe or even resisting believing. Come to them. Condescend to them, it says. Come down. Come down to where they are. Be not wise in your own conceits. Don't 
Don't lift yourself up as, as high and mighty. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Recompense means repay. If, if you felt someone did you something wrong or, or did you some dirt, as the expression says, you don't do it back to them. They might not have done it. You might have understood it wrong. But even if they did, don't, don't repay them. Jesus says, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. It confounds the world. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes it isn't possible. Sometimes if we take a stand on something... People just plain take their heels in and they will not try to see where you're at. And I don't say we dig our heels in just to just to win the, the argument or whatever. But it says I, I guess I guess it leaves it that way that it, it may not be possible sometimes. But it's as as best we can, if it be possible, as much as lies it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And I'll continue there with a couple more verses to the end of the chapter. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. In other words, don't get even with somebody. Don't ever even think of the idea. Some some bumper sticker I think years ago I saw said, "Don't I don't I don't get mad. I get even." Very very much thinking in this world. Avenge not yourselves. That means that you're. If you if you did avenge yourself, you're gonna you're gonna make somebody pay for something he did to you. Rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is, is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. The Lord will look after these things. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head, be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good. Don't be... The first, the first verse, or the second verse says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The last verse says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Humility, forgiveness, there, there are some places listed there, it says in Ephesians, but all those fruits of the Spirit, love and peace and long-suffering in these things are the fruits of faith. They're, they're not the fruits of, of the flesh, the fruits of our own understanding. It says we can over, overcome evil with these things. Baffling to the world, but Truly the will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. And give thee everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
feed on this word. Thank you for these natural gifts that we will partake of the Lord's flesh by. Bless these things to our natural bodies, Jesus, and bless these things that our lives could be an example of thy name.